Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The headlines continue to focus on division in our nation's capital. Many believe it's absolutely impossible for Democrats and Republicans to come together on anything. Not so fast, my friend. On a Friday, the reports of the death of bipartisanship just might have been premature. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Just when everyone was ready to cash in all the chips and say, nope, nothing can ever be done in Washington, the last 24 hours have shown there there just might be some hope out there. Uh, one, the rapid passage of the Juneteenth holiday showed that when Congress wants to, it can work together, it can get things done and get them onto the president's desk. And today, just in the waning hours and moments of the fight for infrastructure, there just might be a bipartisan solution. Uh, Now, we do know that uh, nothing is certain in Washington. A weekend is an eternity when it comes to uh, legislation, uh, either advancing or being killed. And we do have now a group of 20 Republicans and Democrats that have come together to draft a bipartisan infrastructure bill. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of that. The question will be, can they get it done? Can they get it across the line in the Senate? And will the White House sign on? Uh, Will the president, will some of the progressive Democrats who want a very large package pushed through with a lot of their agenda items in it, or will they be willing to compromise and and to go to an interesting bill that's been put forward? It's just under a trillion dollars. So that's an interesting number. We can actually talk about it in terms of 900 billion, uh, much better than a trillion. Uh, But there is a path. And of course, part of that path has been staked out and led out by Senator Joe Manchin, uh, who has increasingly become uh, the target of people within his own party, people from the left flank of the Democratic Party who have been going after Joe Manchin, saying he's getting in the way of their big ticket agenda items. And so I want to go through some process pieces here just very quickly to see where we are now and why this conversation that, again, Joe Manchin has really been the lead on just might give us a pattern 
that we can use moving forward. So let's go back a little bit. Let's uh, go back to something that Joe Manchin said a little while back. Uh, but he talked about the problem in Congress of packing everything into those big omnibus bills and why he refuses to support that. I do think they should be separated because when you start putting so much into one bill, which we call an omnibus bill, makes it very, very difficult for the public to understand. We won't give this system a chance to work. I'm not going to be part of blowing up this Senate of ours or basically this democracy of ours or the republic that we have. If we have a 51-vote threshold in the Senate, the same as the House, the House wasn't designed to be partisan. The House was designed to be hot as a firecracker. We were designed to cool it off. And that's the founding fathers. It was a brilliant, brilliant uh, strategy they looked at. So why can't we try to make this work? If, it, if you have the violent swings every time you have a party change, then we will have no consistency whatsoever. So very important from Joe Manchin talking about, hey, if, if we get rid of this thing called the filibuster, which is really what requires the Senate to get some bipartisan agreement, you have to get to 60 votes. That's always going to require some bipartisan work and effort. Uh, He says if you just make the Senate like the House, where just a simple majority can do anything, then we're going to have these wild swings every time the political party and the political winds shift. And Joe Manchin is absolutely right on that. The founders put that in place not as a flaw but as a feature of our form of government, and we should remember that. Uh, And so now he's applying that to the infrastructure bill. And saying, hey, we shouldn't have just this massive $2.6 trillion monstrosity that nobody really knows everything that's in it. Let's break it up. And that's exactly what they've done with this bipartisan group. Again, the number is up to 20 total. I think it's actually 21 now uh, with uh, Democrats and Republicans signing on to this. And they've basically cut it in two. Uh, They've cut it into pieces where they can say, okay, here is the pure infrastructure bill dealing with roads, bridges, highways, uh, broadband, internet, and so on, Uh, all those things that are kind of in the traditional uh, sense of infrastructure. And then they're going to deal with some of the other things in a a separate bill, which is great. Uh, Today, Senator Mitt Romney uh, talked about the infrastructure bill as part of uh, some things he was talking about with uh, dealing with wildfire, which we're going to cover uh, coming up at 150 today. Uh, But listen to Senator Romney as he talks about what this infrastructure bill could be that they brought together. Yeah, the uh, the president put out a proposal for, I believe, $2.6 trillion. And that includes a lot of things. It includes uh, child care, senior care, uh, pre-K, uh, community college, uh, and so forth. So he's got a lot of stuff in there. And he defines infrastructure in, let's say, um, innovative and creative ways. Uh, traditional infrastructure is about 30% of, of that $2.6 trillion proposal. The bill that, that Republicans and Democrats have worked at a bipartisan basis to craft is entirely normal physical infrastructure. It's $579 billion. It's roads, highways, bridges. Uh, it's uh, uh, electric grid. It's water systems, sewer systems, airports, uh, rail, transit. It, it's, it's classic infrastructure. And, uh, and it ought to pass. And by the way, it's over five years. That's added to the normal spending that occurs for highways, maintenance, and, and bridges, and so forth. So if you put the two together, then it, it, it's a little under $1 trillion uh, over five years. That was Senator Mitt Romney. Again, he's part of this group of now 20 
uh, Democrats and Republicans who've come together on this bipartisan infrastructure bill. This was part of a conversation uh, he was having relating uh, to fires and uh, forests uh, here in the state of Utah and across the country. Uh, but he was also asked uh, at this event, this town hall event, uh, what he thought the possibilities were in terms of this uh, infrastructure bill actually passing. I think there's a very high probability that there will be an infrastructure bill that passes. What I don't know is whether it will be a bipartisan bill that Republicans and Democrats have worked out. Some 20 of us have now come together on a piece of legislation, uh, $579 billion of additional money going into infrastructure over the next five years. Uh, we've done that on a bipartisan basis. I don't know whether that'll be accepted by the, by the White House and by uh, Majority Leader Schumer or whether they'll say, no, put, put that aside. We're just gonna do a Democrat-only bill. I don't know which it'll be. But I think there's a very high probability it'll be one or the other. All right. So uh, we are going to get to something in terms of infrastructure. And uh, as Senator Romney said, it's either going to be jammed through uh, with just the reconciliation, which would be the Chuck Schumer approach. He has started that train down the path uh, and then it will have to compete with this bipartisan agreement, which is much smaller. Again, nine hundred seventy four billion over five years and again, has a lot of bipartisan support. And so bringing it full circle, um, we've been talking about Joe Manchin and his role in all of this. There was a comment by Representative Yarmouth, a Democrat from Kentucky, uh, that just rang true to me today. I think our caucus understands that essentially we're all Joe Manchin. I mean, with the margins we have, everybody has the ability to tank whatever we're trying to do. So essentially, everybody's in a position to sabotage whatever we're doing. Unity is not only our strength, it is the only chance we have. And I think most of the members of the caucus get that. All right, so there's an important thing in there, and that is that we're all Joe Manchin, (laughs) that we all have the ability to do one of two things. Uh, We can either continue to do strictly the partisan stuff, or we can find out a better way. And we can figure out where the compromise, the integrity of compromise lies. And we can make sure that that happens. And that's worth thinking about on a Friday. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.